Welcome to the Politics of Everything. I'm Amber Danes, your host and podcast producer. This is a half hour of power, a podcast dropping every week where I unpack the politics of everything, from money to motherhood, nutrition to narcissism, startups to secularism, the environment, quality, and much, much more. Our guests are seasoned in the field or topic of their choice, even if you've not heard of them yet. This is a non-partisan show. So while I love exploring varied views and get a buzz from a healthy debate of ideas, this is not a purely blue, white, green program. Please subscribe, tune in and enjoy the politics of everything. Buying property is expensive, especially in Australia's biggest cities and some of the regional areas are now surging too, thanks to COVID, with purchasers paying stamp duty, conveyancing, legal fees, not to mention the huge deposit required. So would you really want to pay more for something you could do yourself? Well, recently I did. If the first time ever my husband and I engaged a buyer's agent to find us a coastal family home that had some strong non-negotiables, a set time frame and a strict budget. So the agency we used was Spring and it's run by Michelle Tucker and Linda Johnson. And I have to say they were worth every cent having found us the right property in just eight days versus my six months of searching prior. As background, Linda brings a diverse and varied skill set to Spring Buyers Agency, having operated in multiple roles in her 23 years experience within the real estate industry. Beginning in residential sales, she was mentored by an industry leader and spent 10 years as a successful selling agent in one of Australia's most iconic and desirable locations, Bondi Beach. She held senior leadership positions, functioning as Director of Operations with Rain and Horn in Bondi Beach, Head of Residential Sales with LJ Hooker on the Lower North Shore of Sydney, and was General Manager with the Australian operation of Link Franchising, the largest business brokerage firm in the world. Linda also holds an MBA. Michelle's 15 years experience within the property industry is built on an intimate understanding of market conditions and a drive to achieve outstanding results. Beginning her career with LJ Hooker in Terrigal, she worked as a specialist property developer on the Central Coast. Most recently, as head of projects for McGrath Central Coast, Michelle managed all medium to large-scale off-plan development projects. Buyers agents work for buyers to find a suitable property according to the buyer's brief and often negotiate the purchase on behalf of the buyer. Depending on the service level needed, they may charge a set fee, starting from as little as a few hundred dollars to attend an auction for you, up to a full search, inspection and negotiation service, which may cost you a percentage of the sale property price, which can be 3% plus GST, depending on the agency. With house prices in my home city of Sydney now selling well over $1.5 million, that can add up to a lot of money when you pay another service. So here to find out a little bit more, I'm going to chat to Linda and Michelle today. And I'd like to remind everyone, like all my guests, they are not being paid to be on this program and vice versa. Welcome to the Politics of Everything. Thanks, Amber. Thank you so much for having us. Hi, Amber. Yeah, thanks again. Great double act. I love (laughs) the fact that you come as a package deal. And look, as I said, we had a great experience with you and I have never used a buyer's agency before, so it was all a bit scary. But I want to go back a little bit to maybe young Michelle and young Linda. What did you want to do as kids and did that really happen for you? How did you get into where you are today? And Michelle, you might want to kick that off. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, funnily enough, not really. Property wasn't on my radar when I was a kid and when I was at school. I always sort of had that sort of entrepreneurial spirit, I guess, and wanted to go out into the world and create something, but that didn't come till later in life. I actually wanted to be a flight attendant. <laughs> 
like a lot of young teenagers, which I did do actually. In my 20s, I spent 10 years as a flight attendant. So I loved that. And then kind of fell into property later in life, sort of in my late 30s. So prior to that, owned a business myself, which I started up and sold and then sort of fell into property, yeah, in my late 30s. So property was not on my radar as a young person. Yeah, likewise, it wasn't initially on my radar. I went full steam ahead into the beauty industry. I actually wanted to be a physiotherapist, but it was extremely popular when I left school. So I still went into therapies But I did a diploma and then worked my way up and had my own business as well. Like Michelle, I've always had that entrepreneurial spirit and knew that I wanted to be the master of my own destiny. Um, And it wasn't until it was my mid-20s that I accidentally fell into property through a friend who introduced me to my first employer and it was full steam ahead from there. I've never turned back. I absolutely fell in love with the industry. And yeah, I've kind of worked in just about every corner of real estate. Fantastic. So, Michelle, do you want to tell us a bit about what a buyer's agent does? I gave a really brief intro for this show today. And how do you actually become one? Are there qualifications or is it a little bit of qualifications plus on-the-job experience? What's the what's the pathway usually to becoming one? Look, I think it's both. Buyer's agents have been around, you know, for quite some time in Sydney. They are still quite new to the Central Coast, although there are, you know, a few around. To, to sort of keep it brief, a buyer's agent basically represents the buyer uh, in their property purchase. So they work for the buyer and are paid by the buyer. So, you know, in days gone by, the, the selling agents represent the vendor and the buyer's sort of out there on their own. So we have numerous services, but we do do everything from searching negotiating, due diligence, right through to settlement. So we really take the buyer on that full journey. Uh, there are qualifications. You, We are both uh, licensed real estate agents and you do need to be a licensed real estate agent. We've also been selling agents and have a lot of experience. But I think to be a, a buyer's agent, you need both. You need experience and you need those qualifications. Absolutely. Linda, I know from one of my some of my friends overseas, like for example in the US, engaging a buyer's agent is very much a de rigueur for when you do business over there. Like it's not just for people who are perhaps well off or looking some, for something really particular and it's kind of an established business. And as we've touched on, Sydney's a little bit further ahead maybe than some of the regional areas like the Central Coast, but it's still a bit of a novelty. And I know people who said to me, I can't believe you actually have to engage one to find the right property if you've, you know, if you've bought property before, like I have in my family. Mm-hmm. How has this sector grown and what kinds of buyers are you seeing approach you? I mean, it's obviously not something just for the super wealthy anymore. No, it's absolutely not. And that's always been a really important part of our business model to promote that we represent all buyers, no matter your budget, your level of experience. Because if you really think about it, most buyers only purchase once or twice, you know, a handful of times in their entire lifetime. And quite often are seeking advice from parents or grandparents or other people that equally only purchase a handful of times in their lifetime. So, in that period, things change, regulation changes, the process changes, 
And so more and more, it's becoming complex to purchase property. Not only that, it's more and more competitive and the amount of agents out there, it's it can be mind numbing and overwhelming. The amount of data, some of it's conflicting. So it's getting really difficult to navigate the property market. And yes, you can actually do it yourself. There's, you know, there's no doubt. But how effectively will you do it? Are you going to pay too much? Are you going to buy in, you know, a wrong area? You know, are you not going to see something in a contract of sale that could, you know, have further implications down the track? So on that basis, it's becoming more important. Well, the value of our service is becoming more important. But you're right, overseas, particularly in the US and parts of Europe, it's just a normal, you know, everyday part of the transaction that buyers agents are engaged Certainly when I was working in Sydney 10 to 15 years ago, it was a normal part of the transaction then. And so it has grown exponentially throughout the country, so much so that we have our own industry association now, which many people may not understand. It's called REBA, the Real Estate Agents, sorry, the Real Estate Buying Agents Association, uh, and that's national. So it has grown exponentially and we are seeing clients from all over. So they're local and from out of town, from first home owners right through to multi-million dollar estate owners. So, and everywhere in between that. So it's becoming more and more sought after and more and more widely known. So I think, you know, in the future, not too far away, we are going to see more and more transactions between professional to professional. Absolutely. So, Michelle, what would you say is the hardest thing about being a buyer's agent? Obviously, you had great success in our experience, but I imagine like all businesses, there's ups and downs. Have you ever been unsuccessful for a client for whatever reason? Look, we had a quick chat about this before we uh, met with you, actually. Look, we haven't actually been unsuccessful in finding a property for someone as yet. I'm, I'm sure one day it might happen. There are clients out there with quite specific requirements. You know, I'm sure one day it will happen. But, you know, to date, no, it hasn't. But we're really thorough in understanding what our clients are looking for in our briefing sessions before we start the process. And, you know, we don't set people up for failure. We're very transparent about where they can buy with their budget. And we set about finding the absolute best home in the best location for their budget. So probably the hardest thing at the moment would be keeping our clients patient. <laughs> it's, the stock is tight. We do a lot of digging. Most of our days are spent on the phone with agents, you know, trying to find those off-market gems. But we also buy property that's on the market and it has been quite low at the moment. The stock levels are quite low. We are expecting that to, to change over the next few weeks. I think we're going to see a little bit more stock come to market. But, yeah, probably keeping our clients patient would be one of our challenges at the moment. Yeah, it, it probably changes, you know, as the market changes, there'll be a new challenge presented to us. But I guess given that we've been in the industry for such a long time, we're kind of a bit prepared for the changes. You know, it's all cyclical. So, you know, what we're experiencing now might change, you know, in a month, two months, a year, and we just adapt and, and change along the way with those dynamics. Yeah, that makes sense. Look, the regional New South Wales market and perhaps across other places as well has become very popular, as hot as you property people say. Does that change the strategy for the buyers that you represent? I guess everyone wants to get the great property at the great price, 
but there's also this kind of obligation to feel like if something's great, just to jump on it, which you might not do in normal market conditions where there's plentiful stock and perhaps a lot to choose from in a particular budget. What would you say has been the best way you've navigated this particular season? Look, again, I guess following on to the last sort of question, with the changing dynamics changes the strategy in purchasing. So currently our biggest value is in the searching and sourcing property that a buyer just wouldn't normally have access to. So they're properties that are not being advertised on the real estate portals. It's through our agent relationships. And look, there's plenty of vendors that or sellers that are motivated to sell, but for various reasons, some obviously enabled through COVID, but they may not want to go to the public arena. So whilst they're motivated to sell, they just don't want it to be public. So it's about utilising our relationships, utilising our skills, knowing where to look and what to look for to access these properties that wouldn't, you know, be mentioned to a buyer traditionally. So that's probably one of our strongest points at the moment. And it's also making sure, you know, we would never advise any buyer to jump in no matter what the market it's really important that it is a strategic purchase and people don't get caught up in FOMO or, you know, feeling like they're obligated or pressured. It should always, you know, be met with due diligence, the right understanding of what is affordable, you know, particularly if you're purchasing for investment as well. It's not just about buying what you can afford or in your price range. It's actually looking at the short and long-term goals and what you, how you want that investment to continue working for you so it's not a dud. That's where a lot of people go wrong. I think one of the biggest challenges, and you may be able to speak to this, Amber, yourself, having just, you know, recently been in the marketplace, one of the challenges for the buyers at the moment is actually finding out what is the price guide on the property that they're looking at? Because we do have a lot of clients coming to us very frustrated that they've wasted months, you know, searching for property only to realise that the property they've been looking at, it was probably never in their price range, but it's very difficult to get the price range right. You know, you can look at the guides online, but we look at, you know, all of the market analysis to know where that's likely to sit as a sale price rather than just a guided price. Absolutely. I think that's one of the challenges for people. They just, you know, the guide and I look, I think there are some rules and restrictions about how um, selling agents, for example, can can sort of advertise that because it is market driven though, you know, things are going for well over reserves or well over the price guide. But I suppose there's that ambivalence, I guess, amongst buyers to go, well, I'm just going to be lied to, so might as well have a go. But like you say, you could actually waste a lot of time on properties that were never going to be in your budget. And I think that's one of the great challenges. And, you know, the the agents, the selling agents are having a hard time at the moment too, because, you know, you're seeing sales happen on the Central Coast and often every sale in the street is a new record. So the prices go up every time there's another sale, up we go again and again and again. So if you're not in the market every day like we are, it's very hard for a buyer to get a grip on what's actually happening and that's where that's where we can help them set that realistic expectation and perhaps introduce them to a suburb that they may not have been looking in originally that really suits them and that's happened numerous yeah. times to us where they've gone gee I didn't even know about that suburb or I wouldn't never have looked there but I love it so and it's in my price range and we managed to save mm-hmm. them hundreds of thousands of dollars sometimes by looking in a new area. Yeah, I think that's really sage advice, particularly in the market conditions we're facing at the moment. Look, Linda, with purchasing costs, you've got see your fees, which can form part of that 
base cost when buying, say, an investment property, people factor that in. Obviously, then knowing that they can maybe reduce some capital gains tax as an investor when it comes to time to sell, for example, down the track. However, own occupiers can't claim buyer's agent's fees as a tax deduction. Mm -hmm. What mix of clients do you find you have perhaps on the New South Wales Central Coast that are now investors that maybe has grown or evolved in the last 12 to 18 months, maybe because of COVID, but maybe because it's just such a fabulous place to live? Yeah, look, our client base has actually changed. Funnily enough, initially, we didn't really see any investors until perhaps the last sort of three to four months, I would say. We didn't really speak to any investors and then there's a new confidence, so they're back. Uh, So I would suggest probably a third of our clients at the moment that we're working with are property investors. And given also the restrictions that they can't travel, we don't take this lightly, but they've putting a lot of trust in us and many times over we're purchasing sight unseen. So whilst they'll have a video tour or FaceTime tour, they're not actually physically attending the property, but it's a different process. It's, you know, more based on numbers and yields and capital growth and I guess more statistical and strategical purchase other than when you're purchasing your own home and it's more of a feeling and an emotion and there's lots of other lifestyle considerations. So yeah, definitely a change in who's buying at the moment. And then in relation to fees, look, it actually becomes irrelevant when we are successfully purchasing a property and saving hundreds of thousands of dollars. You know, we don't purchase based on a on a budget. There's so much more complexity to the purchase. But, you know, we could give loads of examples for homeowners where, yes, they can't claim it as a tax deduction, but they save it plus end up with more money in their pocket that they can spend on, you know, paint, carpet, putting in a carport or whatever it may be to add value to their purchase. So there's lots of ways and means and we're always finding ways that we can save our purchasers money and enable them to do, you know, to maximise their budget and have it stretch further to do other things. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess I had a meeting with our financial advisor yesterday and we have an annual catch up and he was saying, you know, although every month that you're waiting in a, in a hot market, you, you actually, you know, you're, you're kind of losing money if you had a certain budget yep. and you've waited six months, how much more is that property going to be? costing you that's it and time is money yeah it is time is money it is you only have to look at the increases over the last 12 months I know they've been COVID inspired and they're they're extraordinary increases in a lot Mm -hmm. of suburbs but time is money and you know pre-approvals last a certain length of time as well and we're very conscious of that people don't want to be going back to the bank's you know, getting more, going through the, the whole process again. So most people are subject to a to a time length on their pre-approval as well. Absolutely. So Michelle, what makes a buyer's agent succeed? And do you think that the market's becoming crowded with people who do the same thing as you? Obviously, there's only so many properties on the market and lots of interested buyers. So how do you make sure that you, you guys stand out from the crowd? That is a very good question. Is the market crowded? No, I don't think so. And I think the need for a buyer's agent is becoming, people are becoming more aware of what we do, but I think the need, as Linda said earlier, is becoming more relevant now in this market. What makes us succeed? There is a standout. We, We have so much experience and I think, you know, we're definitely the most experienced in our region, but we have 35 years between us of so many sectors of the real estate market, which comes into play every day with what we do. 
So experience first and foremost is is there and how we've we've literally negotiated thousands of properties between us so that you get a real gut feeling for property. It, it develops over time. You, you, you don't just have that. You see through and walk through so many properties. We have a gut feeling. We get the feels, we call it. We walk into a house and we literally, we did it with you. You know how quickly that all happened. Of we walked into that house and just knew. we just knew. So it was like quick, you've got to come look at it. And it all happened very quickly, but we knew it was right for you guys. It felt like you. And then we get that feeling for our clients so experience, uh, agent relationships, hands down, is really important. Mm-hmm. We have developed those over a long, long period of time. So when we started our business, we didn't have to start from the get-go. We had those relationships and the agents do trust us and we trust them and we love working with them. We're always very respectful. They have a hard job as well. We've done it. We know the challenges of their job. So our relationships are really important. And the other one is local knowledge. Mm. You absolutely need to have a buyer's agent who lives and knows the area inside out. I'm always a little bit surprised when the Sydney buyer's agents come up here and operate because they really don't know the area. So they're relying on the selling agents. So I would hands down not employ a buyer's agent that did not have that thorough local knowledge. Yeah, that makes sense. And Michelle and then Linda, our final takeaway message, what would be that for each of you on the politics of buyer's agents? Wow. How do we answer that one, the final Um, takeaway? Yeah, look, I think the final takeaway is I think whether you choose to proceed or you don't, I think it's really important that it's in a consideration when you're purchasing a property, no matter what type of property, no matter what your budget is or your level of experience, I think it's really important that you at least consider and consider the value that a buyer's agent can offer. Second to that, I think based on, again, what Michelle just said, if you are going to entertain an agent, a buyer's agent, I think it's really important to understand how experienced they are, what are their credentials, how long have they been performing for in the industry, what is their local knowledge and, yeah, I think, you know, really understanding and who you feel comfortable with. It's equally as important to have a great relationship with the person who's representing you. There's a lot of trust involved and we are looking after one of the biggest investments a client will ever make in their life. So it's really important that you actually get along and you trust that person who's representing you. So yeah, I just think the the biggest thing that people, I guess, don't realise is if you don't use a buyer's agent, what could it cost you? And who's going to represent you when it's heavily geared at the moment towards the selling agent? It's not an equal playing field. So it's, yeah, moving forward, I think everybody should just have it at least the consideration on how we could add value. Yeah, that's great. I really love that. And obviously it worked out for us. So if you do want to connect further with Michelle and Linda, there will be the details of their website on our show notes. As always, until next time, keep well. Thanks so much for listening today. If you've enjoyed the politics of everything, I thrive on your feedback. So please add a short review and share the podcast with your network through Apple, Spotify, and all the usual suspects. I'm always on the hunt for new and diverse guests. So if you or someone you know has a fresh idea you're busting to get out there, please email me at amber at amberdanes.com and my crew will get back to you very soon.